0: Hey, all right. This is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast. With Brendan Kelly, Brennan, what's going on, Boba? How are you?
1: I'm all right, man. You know, just uh, another day, another attempt to hang in there and live live through it all. You know, I do. Perchance, uh, you know, next week will bring us a um, small modicum of decency um, in the on the global stage. But perhaps it will not, and um, I don't know which one would be more stressful. To be honest, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all seems. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty gray out there. I tell you what, but we hope y'all are hanging in there. Um, I I've, I've been uh, I've been enjoying my. Uh, last few weeks as I've stepped away from the Twitter timeline because I feel like every time I go to the grocery store in this town I kind of go through my own sort of comment replies uh, section just by looking at people in their trucks
1: (laughs) well yeah I mean that is the beauty of Indiana Um, and it's really saying something about Indiana and The beauty that can be found therein. Uh, Yeah, you know, I was on Twitter last night. Cut out. And it seems like I'm going to be making a signature shoe for Velveeta. (laughs) Pray tell. Uh, That's about all I know. You know, they they were like, yo, should we do a signature shoe? And I was like, I would be happy to be part of this. Just kind of as... Like a throwaway kind of comment. Uh-huh. And then they were like, Are you serious? We'd love to have you. And I'm like, Oh yeah. In that case, yes, I'm very, very, very serious. So well, they damn. DM they DM'd me and I was like, I'm so stoked on this idea. I literally don't have any idea what the next steps would be, but uh yeah, like just let me know. And then they were like, Yeah, we don't either at all.
0: <laughs> so Velveeta Signature shoe. I can I can imagine the the shells with uh with a sole underneath. I mean that's that's poetry just in and of itself. You've got this.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be great. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of Elvita coming as I do from Missouri. <laughs> Growing up with a single parent, uh, you get a lot of Velveeta. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you do. You do. You do. So it's um, really something that's close to my heart. And in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Where it will stay yep. until the end yeah. of time. Well, you know, probably there's, there'll be a surgery at some point And uh, <laughs> they will remove the Velveeta from my heart. <laughs> but... Till then, liquid gold pumping through my veins, baby. Oh,
0: the beauty. The beauty. Hey, uh, Brandon, we ought to let everybody know, I guess, at the top of the hour. And we'll probably let them know at the bottom of the hour as well. uh, We're going to take next week off from the Road to the Skeleton Coast main feed. Uh, I don't know if you follow the news, but there's a lot going on next week. And honestly... I think uh, I think it would be it would be a tough listen. It would be a tough episode to record without commenting. And there's a, a certain element to these conversations that I really enjoy, Brendan. Which is just that you know we're obviously recording these during the times that we're living in, but we don't really want to like date a conversation to such an extent that it's going to be you know. Not fun to listen to, yeah. I mean, I think that
1: the idea of dating the conversation, um, I fundamentally disagree with that in terms of art. We've talked about that on this podcast before, but um, in terms of it potentially just being with like kind of bummer that just sucks,
0: uh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, we Hope that we're hoping for the best next week. We encourage all of you to go out and vote, do the right thing. Uh, I voted today, voted early. It was very easy. Walked in. I said, "Get rid of all the judges," and uh, I walked out. It was great. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: this time next week we get a President Conway. Conway, <laughs> what Conway? I guess uh, Tim Conway could run for president. I think I'd take him over most. But uh, I think he's also dead Um, Yeah I'd
0: still take him over Mm -hmm. Yeah, got him right We will of course be keeping up On Patreon Patreon Patreon.com Better Sandwich Brandon, Brandon, I am (laughs) so excited For next week When we have our conversation About the Honor Systems Single file Your favorite record on Asian man records, that is correct, yeah, uh, one
1: of my favorite records period, um, I think it's a real masterpiece, and um I love it I love it quite a bit, made by some people that I really like, also, but it's it's real good.
0: Much to discuss over there. We have a lot of fun over there last week, I mean, we sort of took a couple couple left turns uh, in the conversation, stuff that we threw up over on the patreon. Where we were able to ask the question, "What do children think of when they think of the bomb?" Mercy, still frightens me just to hear that title. Um, for those of you who
1: didn't listen uh, before, kind of weird to do this out of order, especially at this point when we're like three parts into one record. But um, uh, I, you know, you do you. Um, the this was a movie that my uncle produced. Um, And it was about, like, sort of nuclear panic, I suppose. And I was at his house, his apartment in Manhattan, when I was very young. I mean, I was under 10, because he died when I was 10. And he showed me this, and it was about as scared as I've ever been in my life. Uh, So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: Uh, Very heartwarming stories over there, and a lot of fun. And plus, we got... We got guests that we call up every once in a while, folks like Matt Allison, who I, I, Brennan, I called this guy again, talked to him about the Kennedy assassination. He didn't even record the conversation. I don't know where you find these people.
1: Well, uh, he's he's an old he's an old timer, man. You know,
0: and um,
1: Matt Allison's not known for recording things. You know, <laughs> that's <the other> thing. <laughs>
0: Patreon.com slash batter sandwich, uh it's seven bucks a month. It's a fun time. We encourage you to come and join us. But Brandon, yeah on to the show. We are back with the Broadways, broken van, and now we we've talked about this record for two weeks now, but now we actually get to start with the very beginning of the band tv song is the first song off of we all know that you can do it which that was a song that y'all wrote but you didn't record we all know you can do it.
1: it was a song we wrote but didn't record um yeah um i i wrote it and it was like sort of like a real mission statement for the band but um i don't know i i don't think there was any like real negative feelings towards the song. Uh I think everybody liked it. I think it was a pretty cool song. But yeah, for whatever reason it kinda of slipped through the cracks. And um which well you've only got four songs, big crack. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but yeah, yeah, so that's that's where the that's where the title of the Seven Inch came from. But um yes, it appears nowhere. I don't think there's I don't think we ever played it live. I don't think there's any indication that that song ever existed besides In My Brain. So, there is
0: also the off chance that I never wrote it at all. <laughs> like, uh, I've been hearing that there's uh, there's a lot of talk this week about the idea that we're living in a hologram. Maybe it's Maybe it's part of the hologram world.
1: A hologram.
0: Yeah, that's what they say.
1: So... We're done with simulation. We're done with video game. We're done with like God's diorama. Now we're onto hologram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the mm, What's the different? Like, can you really parse this fucking nonsense into them meaning different
0: things at all? Uh, right, because it's like, what What's the definition of of that reality as opposed to the real reality?
1: Or is it... Yeah,
0: well, sure. Yes. I mean, that's probably a much more
1: salient point, but I was thinking more like, what's the difference between living in a hologram and living in a simulation? Like, at what point are we...
0: Like, where are you? like, mm, not a simulation, actually. It's a hologram. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like one of those generational things, I think, because I... I know that this is this is big with TikTok and the and the younger generation and you know they they all probably are looking at the Matrix and they're saying like oh man that shit come on that's old timer stuff you got to move forward it's holograms now is it though
1: I mean I can't think of a hologram making much of a splash since fucking Tupac at Coachella. And that was back when fucking lyrical hip-hop was still something that you could sell at Coachella. You know, nowadays it's just like all like fucking pour some molly on your phone and sniff a line of it and listen to some guy in a helmet made out of foam core fucking play songs that he's already made uh, by pushing a button, right? I mean, that's a fucking... That's an illusion. That's a hologram, fucking, that we're living in there. It's like, here I am at a live concert. It's like, mm, kind of, <laughs> in a way. Not that I care. I mean, I don't want to sound like one of those people that's like, you got to play real instruments, you know, like I do. Uh, I don't give a fuck what you enjoy, but uh, I... And that shit's probably really fun. If you're into that kind of music, you go there, fucking... Snort a face full of drugs and just like vibe with the light show and the fucking monster sounds that you can dance to ever after, you never having heard the song before. <laughs> I see why people like that, but it is a bizarre like uh, Potemkin concert, you know? Um, yeah like Potemkin City concert as they were not having anything to do with the propaganda album besides the name Potemkin would be a fake village that they would set up and take the king to show mm-hmm. him around to show him that um everybody's very happy and everybody had you know was treated nicely by the local constabulary and you know plenty of food Um, everything like that. And so they'd walk the king through just like hastily assembled fucking town, Mm -hmm. you know, for presumably a bunch of fucking serfs that would be
0: whipped to death if they weren't like,
1: I love it here,
0: you know? Uh, (laughs) Sort of like Mr. Burns with the um, employee of the, of the week awards. Um, all I remember was that the
1: duck won that one time. Stuart, I believe, was the duck's name. In Rod, we trust. Oh, yeah. So, Carbon Rod Rod did win, yeah.
0: Um, this re this release here, uh, this was the first time you recorded with Matt Allison. Had you ever met him before? Mm,
1: No, I had not. Chris had recorded with Tricky Dick with Matt Mm -hmm. Allison. And you know what? I'm not... I could be totally fucking wrong about this, but I think maybe Dropjaw even recorded with Matt Allison. Oh, wow. Um, We found Matt Allison through the Bull who had been recording with him, and I don't know how they met Mm him, but some fucking old folks home meeting that they all were at at the time... They're fucking so old uh, <laughs> But but, uh, but yeah So then In the Lawrence Arms building We lived with uh dude named Mark Zdanowski, Who went by the punk rock name Mark Piss um, And uh, um, And Mark was in a band called The Feds mm-hmm. And I think he turned Chris on to Matt Allison because the feds recorded with Matt Allison. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how that all started, but yeah,
0: going in there to record the first stuff was my first experience with him. Um, what were your first impressions of him as a, as a dude, um, that he says dude a lot, obviously
1: he he does say dude a lot. He's a fucking hilarious guy. Um, I don't know. He his studio was like on the second floor above like an Einstein Bagel, and um, at this time he would just be like relentlessly late to to the sessions, and like we'd get there at like fucking ten in the morning, and then the door would finally open at like one. He's like, I just came in through the back. And it's like, dude, there is no back. There's no back. Uh, You were sleeping on the couch. It smells like man in here. (laughs) Um, You know, and I'm like, dude, you were sleeping on the couch. He's like, oh, buddy, that couch would talk. I was like, what's it going (laughs) to say? Oh, this guy's going to go down to Einstein bagels and fucking fart Einstein farts all over me before he passes out alone in here again after drinking 15 Bud Lights and I think that was like the moment where we became like good buds
0: Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know um just naturally throwing shit at each other well just like I think that you know he thought of
1: me as just like some young, young dumb kid which I was and uh I think there's just enough, like, genuine humor involved in the whole thing. It was, like, well thought out enough that he's like, oh, this guy's kind of funny. hmm You know, I, I don't think it was, like, one of those things where... Because we didn't ever have, like, a very, like... And to this day, we do not um, antagonistic relationship for real. You know what I mean? hmm But it was just, like, one of those things where I was like, Barrr. there's literally no way you just came in through the back here,
0: you know, like... Well, as someone who's also talked to Matt a couple times too, I, I know that he's someone who uh, greatly appreciates intelligence, um, so th- that probably has to be the uh the thread there. He's just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I, 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 I like the level that you're operating at. same thing he said to me.:
1: Yeah, there's nothing um Tim, there's nothing stupid about making fun of somebody for farting all over their own couch. <laughs> <laughs> There is discourse worthy of colliers, um, <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah, but I liked Matt then, and I like Matt now, I and mean, it's been a long time at this point. When I first met Matt, he was significantly younger than I am now,
0: which is cra- yeah. crazy to think about um t v song is the first song off of the seven inch. This song is totally imperfect, but I really like it This song is such a fucking
1: when I wrote it, I was like, this song fucking rules it's, uh-huh. like it's great if if you just like listen to it and take like a guitar tuner. And watch it It's like the chords Never fucking repeat It's the most Crazy chaotic Schizophrenic songwriting Exercise Mm -hmm. And It's really meandering But it really does hit A lot of those like Broadways Like by way of 15 things that we were really trying to do, particularly in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess kind of all the way through, but it's really got that, that vibe is locked in to this.
0: Totally. I think it's just like, it's such a testament to when the vibe is right, it doesn't matter that the song is totally all over the place. It's just right.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's funny because for the song being all over the place, if you'd come at me and been like, the song I find to be pretty boring, uh, uh-huh. I would be like, eh, I understand that too, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know how... I don't know how much I could, like, sit down and figure out how to play this again. If... Uh, and Which is saying something for a song that sounds like it's, like, three chords. And, uh-huh. it, is, and it is! But
0: they all just come in completely different orders. Uh, like, every single time. So... But, yeah. So this is not one that you all did when you did the reunions?
1: Actually, I think we did. Oh, um, interesting. And that's hilarious to me because <laughs> I mean, this song is just, it's just really all over the place. Like at the time I was like, well, I'm writing to the melody, but then the uh-huh. melody is fucking all over the place and meandering too. You know? So it's like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know that I really loved the sort of like rugged, um, just kind of fuck everything Vibe mm-hmm. of it Like In terms of like Fuck how you write songs You know Like here, here, here mm-hmm. you go Like no 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 choruses No nothing repeats Um, Here's a stop On like the three uh, <laughs> Like it it was, it was crazy Yeah This is a crazy song For being a song That's like
0: Pretty like meat and potatoes Ultimately
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: You know, lyrically, I mean, we got a lot going on here. I love all of the references to mid '90s MTV singled out. I mean, in particular, <laughs> yeah, that was was Je- Jenny McCarthy was like she was the original hostess of Singled
1: Out. Yeah, I know. Wild, I believe. What
0: Daisy Fuentes became the host of single out eventually, or was it always Jenny McCarthy? Yeah, you cause... know what? I think it, it was Daisy Fuentes after a little bit because she got Jenny McCarthy like took off. Yeah, you know she's from Chicago. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, she went to Sacred Heart. Her cousin is Melissa McCarthy. Uh huh. From um,
0: Bridesmaids and shit. I also did not know that. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy's fucking funny. Yeah. Jenny McCarthy's kind
1: of funny, too. She's definitely yeah. really attractive still to this day, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, shout out to my Chicago ladies. Northside Catholics, and so <laughs> forth.
0: <laughs> I went to WrestleMania 11 at the Hartford Civic Center in April of 1995 uh special guest appearances on that show were uh Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Pamela Anderson, Jenny McCarthy and Salt and Peppa. I went with my dad, my cousin, my uncle Clay. Yes, my dad. Jenny McCarthy, Pamela Anderson, Salt and Peppa. Those are the top 3 performers of the entire night. Yeah. And looking back, yeah, he, he, he was on to something. <laughs> so JTT didn't really fucking step up? Dude, JTT, if you're my age, like, the enemy. Every girl had a crush on him, and it's like, why? Because he's beautiful and has <laughs> unbelievable hair? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: he's just like... Uh,
1: he's on um Home Improvement,
0: man, uh, not a very good show. Um, not a very good show, and uh, also I think he he like left. He was just like fuck this shit, I'm out of here. And Tim Allen's like fuck that kid.
1: Where they replace him, or they just, like send him to boarding school or some shit?
0: Yeah, he went to boarding school and like didn't come back for the finale. I remember all of this from the E True Hollywood Story about Home Improvement.
1: Mm, Yeah I remember all that shit Yeah but uh, Salt and Peppa" is a really hilarious addition To that little bill Um, You know I Like just realized probably like in the last five years That album Assault with a deadly Peppa" Is like supposed to be A pun on assault with a Deadly weapon Mm -hmm. but I didn't Get that at all I was like the fuck is this album title, man? Like, I just thought it had some, like, sort of hip-hop significance that I was not privy to, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I bet that's, like, there's some sort of slang in the hip-hop community that's, like, where that makes sense. Nope. Turns out it was a terrible, terrible play on words.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Assault? pretty good with the deadly Peppa, yeah n- no not so much oh my god
1: it just like annoys me so bad the thought of somebody whoever it was coming up with that and being like oh fuck nailed it and then somebody else hearing it and being like yep well that's what it is you're right you've done it again johnson you know like and uh or I don't know. Just makes me <laughs> it's upsetting.
0: Um, House of Style as well. Um speaking of just hot babes. Was that where like Cindy Crawford kind of broke out? Or was she already like I think
1: she was already popular. Yeah, Cindy Crawford's House of Style, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of like really beautiful women on M T V back in these days. Carrie were from remote control just the red like dyed red hair
0: um she was really cool to look at Uh (laughs) (laughs) i love i love that this song like it kind of it takes this approach to tv that i think comes from the exact same place as a song like pensacola but this one is is uh, kind of like wagging its finger, and, and Pensacola is just like I'm just soaking all this shit up. Yeah, I, I feel terrible.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot more like didacticism. I don't know if that's a word, but um, mm-hmm. in the broadways, I mean, that was sort of the idea, I guess. You know, it's like, we've got it all figured out, you know. Um, yeah. And um, one of the lessons I learned by the time I got into the Lawrence Arms was like, no, we don't. <laughs> you know, so, um, so, yeah, at that point, it's like, well, actually, I use this pacifier as a crutch uh, myself. Mhm-, I use this pacifier as a crutch. that's like I use this crutch as a wheelchair
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's funny too to um there's a line in here uh I'm like a dog trained by a box quote like and quote totally fill my day, and I remember that that was when when I was in like elementary school, that was something that our teachers went crazy about. Yeah, if you put that in your in your sentences when you're just filling space, like yeah, getting ready to paddle yeah. you.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that um, I mean, you know, it's right there in the song that it's like I know that I have this like sort of like meandering and non non important syntax that like sort of takes up all my sort of speech patterns right and um so this was this was just more like a, this is a little self-flagellation thing mm-hmm. you know um but then like the next line of this I I really actually do like it's probably one of my favorite lines in this song, um, the and I think I'm going crazy, man, has become fucking cliche. And I think I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like to this day, I still think that's pretty okay. Um, like if I wrote that today, I'd be like, yeah, that could stay in the song for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the arpeggios that kind of open up that instrumental break and there's a note that's like hung out but it's it's muted pretty abruptly and then it goes into uh, the next part and I'm just like oh nothing like nervous kids like in the recording studio (laughs) yeah I mean this so this record
1: this seven inch and the um, five, four, five songs on um, uh, Big City were all recorded in a day, recorded and mixed in a day, as well as the song Fuck the Church, mm-hmm. which appeared only on a um, comp put out by Drive Through Records um because Mike Park due to his personal beliefs and desire to not have anything that like offensive like overtly mm-hmm. on his label was really he really tried to not say like this is not for me it like offends my sensibility mm-hmm. um until eventually i was like Wait a second. Do you just like not like this song because of like what what the title is? And he's like, Yes, actually, yes. That's correct. And so I was like, Oh. So we got a song that was too punk for Asian man, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I sort of love that because I, I feel like that really aligns with just the general sweetness that Mike Park exudes 100% I mean it's not like you
1: can't really be mad at the guy Um, and I kind of mean that like just as a blanket statement Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know not for this not for anything else you just can't really be mad at the guy you know
0: yeah totally I mean I, I, I grew up mike park was just like the coolest dude ever and uh i think yeah that just totally aligns all of that all of that just like feels great um, Yeah. all right so the next song on the seven inch then is called ben is that ben moves to california
1: yep same song
0: different same recording
1: song. um I can't remember what the salient differences are here from the, I guess, Broken Star version and this version, but I think I remember Dan's voice just being a little snappier on this one. Mm-hmm. Because um, he kind of, like, sometimes goes into, like, a... Uh, like the the fat guy in Riverdale that's Archie's friend, like the kind of like Hey Archie, dumb you know you know, like that kind of thing. And um I feel like there's probably a little more of that on this. And then by the by the next time he's like kind of at least i guess adjusted based on what the um based on what the this this recording sounded like you know not yeah. that i think this was terrible but you know pay a lot of attention to your own voice right and mhm so i woke up the other day turned into i woke up the other day yeah. you know um i think that from what i remember and i think that there is a um there's a backing vocal like a pretty prominent backing vocal that's not in this version and the guitar part as well. But
0: Tim, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Broadway and Briar. Now we love to take the opportunity, every chance that we get to tell everyone that the best vegan restaurant in the city of Chicago is right near the corner of Armitage and Kimball. That's Mm -hmm. ground control, of course, but the restaurant with the very best name in the history of the city of Chicago, it's right down the street from Broadway and Briar, you know what I'm talking about
1: mm. I mean I probably do, but I don't um, crisp crisp oh yeah 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 yeah, it's the uh like it's like Korean wings, I think so, yeah, fuck yeah, I would like to eat there have, the name is also. Makes it just sound even more delicious, to be honest. You know what I mean? No, always oh, does. That's right. God damn it. Um, but yeah, uh, I used to live. Um, I grew up on Briar and Sheridan, which is just one block east of Broadway and Briar. And then when I first got my own place in Chicago. It was with my girlfriend at the time, and it was at Broadway and Barrie, which is just, like, a, like, mini block south Mm -hmm. of there. Um, And this song was sort of... Weirdly, it's kind of about a West Coast video. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. Because that's what was there. And, I mean... It's an amalgamation of different things that have happened to me. Um, somebody did say that to me. Uh, who mm-hmm. do I have to kill to see a familiar face in this town? Seems like all my old friends have moved away, right? Like, mm-hmm. that really stuck with me. But that, I think, actually happened to me in a bar. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was just walking past somebody who said that. It wasn't They weren't saying it to me. Uh-huh. You know, but I was so used to this, like, sort of rotating cast of homeless people that would be in front of this West Coast video at all hours. And no matter what, where I lived, whether it was, like, my childhood home on Briar and Sheridan or, like, the new apartment I had at Barry and Broadway... Mm -hmm. It it was just like sort of the uh, It was like a bit of a centrifuge For all of this These different people that lived in the neighborhood yes. Of which you know We talk about on Guided Tour of Chicago uh, That neighborhood used to be Like rife with Very fascinating homeless people Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something that sounds like it's in bad taste to say uh no i don't think so i don't don't think it is either but you know like i I, look i could see somebody with one of those like severe haircuts that's like where the bangs are like right up at the hairline Uh you know um and then it gets long being like how dare you talk about the homeless as your you know circus attraction or whatever and it's I mean this is a straw man argument so because nobody said that to me so um, huh. I, I'd like <laughs> to acknowledge that as well but I can see it happening and to that person I just you know you know listen go fuck yourself that's not what I mean at all Uh there you go <laughs> So now, now we're now we're done with that
0: <laughs> get out of here fake person based on a r- real type of person <laughs> No, I mean I I think that you're that you're someone who's always kind of taken in uh the people that you see whether they be uh a, a fake or possibly real um Bukowski at a bar mm-hmm. or yeah, someone uh hanging out saying uh saying interesting things. Yeah, now at
1: Trying to think. Yes, Tim. To me, this is the best Broadway song I ever wrote. Really, got in and got out early with mm-hmm. this band. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I was hoping you would
1: say that actually, because yeah, no, this is my favorite one of mine by a pretty large margin. In fact. I think that you could go all the way... You couldn't put this song on Greatest Story Ever Told because it would just sound so like completely out of place. But I think that's about where like maybe I was like, oh, I'm getting a little better than the Broadway and Briar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like... I wrote it, and it kind of gave me, I think, a little bit of stage fright. It's like, well, I've written the best song I've kind of... Yeah. You know, and then... Kind of chasing that dragon for a long time in the broadways. Yeah. And, and this is such an unusual song. I mean, it's in fucking 3-4, you know. And, and so... Um, I mean, it's... And it's also just fine. It's not like like ground this is a really breaking. good song. Uh it it what, it what it does to me um is it really captures that like sort of like desperate emotion and malaise that was like what I got out of 15 mm-hmm. and what I think I was trying to imbue in the songs that I was writing and which I almost never succeeded in. Um mm-hmm. and this song does it for me. Um uh, like, yeah, it's I I like this one a lot. This is uh, if I'm being lazy about it. This is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Period.
0: You know, yeah. In any band. Mm-hmm. Um, Has that ever happened to you before? Where, or I I guess since, where you've written something that took you a long time to. Like, get past the feeling of that's that's it for me, mm. well, I think mean, it used to happen to me all the time, um
1: all the time. I didn't write that many good songs before um <laughs> no, nah, not really man. um the, I guess. Evening of Extraordinary Circumstance kind of did that for me a little bit. Um, uh, February 1 from Slapstick and Ed, like those, which, and then even this one they're all kind of the same. They're just like about fucking homeless people and it's like me, so this one is just not exploitative like those other ones are um like i i still feel good vibes coming out of this song cuz mm-hmm. it's just yo i'm standing out here waiting for somebody to get off work oh it's my friend ace from the band houseboy if you remember yeah. <laughs> yeah he worked at that west coast video dude uh and uh and so so this one i think it, like, ended up aging a lot better. But, you know, they, like, it got to a certain point where once I started, like, kind of, like, firing through the songs, mm-hmm. uh, being like, they they can't take more than three minutes, mm-hmm. you become a lot less precious with them. That's when you get a lot better material coming out of you. Um, and then the whole thing is, like, sort of, like, a magic trick anyway. So... There's no other song that, like, is a problem anymore. Cause mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, I'm just throwing myself all the way into this. See yeah. if I can, like, have, like, a great song in five minutes. You know? And Which is a very different experience. And it gets you out of your head a lot. I mean, it's probably one of the reasons that that's such an effective methodology for songwriting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least for me. I know. Yeah. Totally. I was talking to uh Barty Strange on Better Yet, which everyone should go and listen to. And he's got this song on his record called Mustang. It's a fucking powerhouse of a song. And he was saying to me, he's like, That song intimidates me. I don't know I don't know how to handle that that, that came out of me. And I was sorta of like Yeah, I don't know either, man. That sounds fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, good problem to have. Yeah, or the worst problem to have. Yeah. Um, nope, it's better to have written a good song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this is another one where just the vibe, the moment the chords those guitar chords, which I love that they don't, they don't change. It's just a bar of that opening chord. And then the whole band comes in on that same chord. There's no change
1: for sure. I mean, I think there is like a, Mm -hmm. but that's, first of all, that was kind of the vibe of the times, Like, I I feel like that seems a lot more unusual now than it did then. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that didn't seem like much of an artistic choice at the time. And I mean, like, I guess there's an argument. It's like, yeah, well, it wasn't very artistic at all. You just kind of stayed on the same chord. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what I mean is, like, that was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is how this shit kind of is. And like, Works for this song in a way that like nothing else would have done, because it's mm-hmm. like I feel like what we are going for is when the chords come in and start changing, that it want like every change has to have like this like emotional heft to it, mm-hmm. you know. So there kind of has to be a little bit of a of a palette set up in order. To sort of subvert it mm-hmm. If that makes any sense Like Cause like As soon as it goes from the I think See we started out doing this in E And then I think we moved it to C Cause I could sing it better in C But mm-hmm. as soon as it goes from the C to the G It's like It's got like a real like emotional weight to it And then when it goes to the A minor Yeah and then and then the descend it really like you're like oh this is like a very dramatic song yeah you yeah. know and and like and i think kind of because it's so jagged and like sort of sloppily played you could have a very dramatic song that doesn't sound cheesy necessarily mm-hmm. uh which i think the broadway is really kind of ass backwards into quite a bit uh yeah you know and um and this one. Um, yeah, man. I just remember, like, when we did this, I was so pleased with it. And Dan comes in and plays this octave part. And I'm like, fuck. This is so killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was exactly at the moment where I was like, we're on a rocket to Mars. We're going to be the, the biggest band in the world. You know, and... And it turns out that, like, songs like this is fucking cool as, like, this song is, to me, people didn't really want to hear this kind of shit at this time at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, it doesn't matter how good the songs are. Um, That's interesting, because I, I guess when I was listening to it and thinking about this conversation... I was like this is probably the song that if there if, it, if, it's, if there's any song that's catching people in the set it's this one just because that tempo is so different and just like naturally I think just puts like movement in you
1: yeah um, no I don't remember anything catching anyone ever uh <laughs> I mean, like, I I say that only, like, kind of half as a joke. Um, I don't... I see what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I did see people, like, bobbing their heads to this every once in a while. But I don't remember... At all the Broadway's having, like, a crowd favorite song. Mm-hmm. Like, not even 15 minutes. Like, I don't remember people reacting to anything that we did. Uh, I could be totally wrong, Yeah. But, but as far as my memory goes, I mean, I can make assumptions. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I bet kitchen floor, I bet 15 minutes, I bet we'll have a party. But I don't remember that shit ever happening at all.
0: Who? So what? What was it that people wanted instead of this? Scott. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. <laughs> no thanks, Brett. Rather not. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: People wanted Scott, and um, I mean the thing is. I can't really back on Scott, man. Scott, Scott's the reason I'm here doing this podcast today in a very real way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not trying to diss that, but um, yeah, it was hard to have like been in that sort of like belly of the beast for so long and then try to climb out of it and like reinvent yourself. I mean, that shit doesn't work often for people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like for every John Sampson out there um, who already, like, seemed wildly out of place in propaganda, Uh right? Although it was awesome. I loved that combination. Me too. But he has successfully reinvented himself. Mm -hmm. For every dude like him, there's like a... Uh, I don't know. Vanilla Ice going metal, <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm. or Lil Wayne doing a punk album, Machine Gun Kelly doing a punk album, uh, fucking the guy from Midtown doing that fucking
0: like Cobra Starship gay disco thing, yeah. Made a lot of money, I bet. Tell
1: you what, man. If we're being honest, Good Girls Go Bad and Hot Mess, my two favorite songs by Gabe. Uh, And and he didn't write those. It was that lady from American Idol that wrote them. Um, (laughs) But at, at least according to her on American Idol, she said that. and I was like, damn. They went all the way for this shit. It was like putting Gabe in like flat brim hats and like big ass sunglasses and hiring this lady that wrote like <laughs> I don't know, like what else did she write? I don't even fucking know. But the songs are fucking good. I liked them. I thought Cobra Starship was kind of a fun name for me. It was a little too obvious um in terms of being so Not obvious that Mm -hmm. it kind of ruined the game for everyone, I think. Like, once they came out and they were like, we're Cobra Starship. It's like, okay, we were dancing around, you know, like, Mm -hmm. venomous snakes and, like, sort of old sailor tattoo imagery and shit like that as, like, being cool again. You know, Wolf Face or whatever is the name of my band. And we're Wolf Daddy... Uh, and then we're wolf season, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but then it was like, and, and also like the sort of galactic shit, like, even the first Falcon record, you know, there's that fucking satellite on the front. Cause I thought it was hilarious. It, it mm-hmm. was kind of a tribute to that shellac record that had that big spacecraft on the front of it. Yeah, And, uh, and I it was like, that's cool because nobody fucks with that stuff. And then his band comes out, and they're like, we're Cobra Starship. And it's like, okay, it's all done. (laughs) It's all done. Nobody can use any of this stuff anymore.
0: (laughs) You know? I guess you just had to kiss it goodbye. Mm.
1: Man, I see you throwing up your hands in victory, and if I had any idea what you were referencing, I think I'd find it so
0: amusing. (laughs) That's what they say in the song. So, kiss me goodbye. That movie, I saw that movie on opening night. I was like, I can't fucking wait for this movie, Snakes on a Plane. And then it was like, by the time the movie was out, it was it was gone. It had been taken from me.
1: Yeah, you know, that, oh my God. They were totally started to do a song on that soundtrack, and it's called "Cobra Starship," like snakes on a plane. Yeah, that's the song. Um, I don't. What what song is it? It's about? a Cobra
0: Starship song. It's like, come on, bring it. So, kiss me goodbye. I can see the venom in your eyes. Continue. No, God, this whole thing was a put on. God damn.
1: Uh, no, but like I never put it together that the name of the band was because they were a module built for a movie built <laughs> upon a lost page of a spec script posted on Twitter by somebody who was just making something up.
0: Uh, <laughs> like and Samuel L. Jackson was like, Oh, yeah, the movie's called Snakes on a Plane? Cool, I'm in it. And then someone was like, Oh, he's got to at some point say. Yeah. The, no, that is before. He joined the movie <laughs>
1: with the understanding that he would have the line, I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> that was the fake script that like made the whole thing happen. Someone was like yo, what's next in Hollywood? Snakes on a plane, you know, and (laughs) Samuel Jackson stars, and he says, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. And that is what kicked it all off, was some tweet that was, like, sincerely like that. And that's what made the movie happen. That's what made Samuel Jackson get involved. Apparently that's what named Cobra Starship, which I was never smart enough to realize before just now. Um...
0: What what year did you uh, fly down to South by Southwest with that uh, movie? 2011, maybe. Oh, okay. So it wasn't it wasn't exactly around that time when your when your your script got so far, but it didn't get didn't get snakes on a plane far.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, all we did was write a script that I think is really funny all the way through and then shoot it, uh, by utilizing incredible, um, like Marine Corps, like gusto to do it for like no money while still having it look like it had high production value and then editing it together in a very professional way. And, uh, You know, it was nothing compared to a guy just making up a movie on the Internet and saying it would be funny if Samuel Jackson said this. So I understand why
0: that happened and ours didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I love this song, uh, Broadway and Briar by the Broadways. Yeah, man, me too. I
1: think it's great. And um, it, it really is. When I think of the Broadways, obviously there's a few songs that, like, really stand out. And 15 Minutes is an obvious um, one that you think of and go, yeah, that's the Broadways. To me, it's this song because this was my contribution that I actually felt really, really proud of, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And after, I guess three rounds in the
0: recording studio.
1: I got one. It's cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it really just like, I think it's a testament to doing a lot with a little, because there's a really good chord progression. But like you say, like when it goes to the G, it feels fucking huge. When it goes to the A minor, it feels fucking huge. That's kind of all it needs and I think that that's a pretty beautiful thing
1: yeah it, it does have like a built in bombast to it that I think is pretty groovy and also not easily accomplished and again I think a lot of that is because it's so like 3-4 is inherently kind of potentially cheesy mm-hmm. Um octaves and power chords in the fucking one, three, five, four sort of paradigm, Mm -hmm. potentially very cheesy. Direct descending is very cheesy, potentially. But real like earnest sloppiness somehow like mitigates all that quite Mm -hmm. a bit. And, uh, And this was just, like, an accident, almost, that it turned out as good as it did. Um, But, but yeah, this was the one, like, after our first practice, we recorded this on a boombox, and I know I told you this, and I went down to the Fireside Bowl, and I saw uh, Mike Alfini from the Four Squares. I'm like, dude, I got tape of the first fucking Broadway's practice, and I played this for him, and I just expected him to just, like... I don't know, like pop a boner right through his pants or something. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I was just like, he is gonna see that this is dope, or he's like, cool, man. You <laughs> know, I was like, um, maybe I should play it for you again. Maybe you didn't hear it totally the way, duh. <laughs> you know. But I mean, you got to keep in mind that the, that the recording sounded like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like there was not a dick ton of um high fidelity on that particular recording. So he can
0: be forgiven um for that. But yeah. Um there's some chords during the end part that feel like they're a little uh I don't know. They're not. They're they're not the uh, the standard power chord, occasional minor chord from a punk, song um,
1: punk. Well, I do do a thing where I'm on the bass and going like as mm-hmm. fast as I possibly can strum, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in theory. <laughs> It's the same chords, yeah. But I'm sure that like my shitty like three hundred dollar Squire bass at the time was making it like all diminished sevenths and shit, like that. <laughs> you know. You once know. I like sort of like rode up the neck, uh huh. Um, <laughs> and then and then like it does go down to the to the E minor, gong 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 mm-hmm. gong. You know, so. I mean there's it's not completely like paint by numbers, I guess, but a lot of that's more accidental than anything else, uh-huh. I
0: guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I this all does kind of beg the question with the uh story that you just told. Um is that why it's called the, or is that why you were called the Broadways? No. Uh we were called the Broadways because like
1: because mm. well, we lived, like, right off Broadway, you know, and it just seemed like kind of a cool name. It was, like, kind of classic and old and, mm-hmm. like, there was... Was this the first broad. No, I think... We All Know You Can Do It was the first Broadway song. Um, I think it was just, like, yeah, the broadways. that would be a cool name. And... Now, looking back, it's a little, like, um, campy, right? Like, for a, a band that's, like, so... But that's not how we heard it at all. Because, like, I think that to us, Broadway was, like, this pretty fucking, like, reckless street full of fucking hobos and hookers and all, like, you know, the kinds of people that, like... I guess were fascinating to us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and us and, you know, young punks and stuff like that. And it, it just seemed like, it just seemed like a cool ass name. And it is really funny for me to think back about it and be like, wow, that like could also have been the name of like, if like, I don't know, fucking, uh, you know, John Waters and Charles Nelson Riley started a band. They could have called it the Broadway's as well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but yeah, I think we just thought it was cool. The, it is also funny. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band from Montreal, the St. Catharines. Uh, so they're on fat records. Uh, the singer of St. Catharines, Hugo, he does the Fest, uh, not the Fest, the uh, Poosa Fest mm-hmm. um, up in Montreal. And they were like big fans of the Broadways. St. Catharines is the, the biggest street that runs through the part of Montreal that they live in. And they're uh-huh. called the St. Catharines. Um, and he's told me overtly, he's like, yeah, no, it's no coincidence for sure. Like we were like that's that's dope, but yeah. I, I don't know. I might just mean that like there's a lot of people out there that have fucking goofy ideas. Uh. <laughs>
0: um, it, also, while we're on the on the subject, Broadway is that the best Goo Goo song that came after the band broke?
1: You know, I've heard a lot of pretty cool Goo Goo Dolls songs that are like kind of like, I guess a lot. Like when when, when your band has got a song like, uh, uh, what's it called? Iris. Iris. When you've got a song that big, literally Mm -hmm. every other song becomes a deep cut. Yeah. No, no matter even if it's like Slide. Slide's Mm -hmm. a deep cut in in (laughs) the Goo Goo Dolls fucking universe which is hilarious, but I've definitely encountered a lot of deep cuts, especially recently, because I told you how we were rocking the new Goo Goo Dolls EP um, on the last Loris Arms tour. Mm-hmm. We even walked out to the newest single when we were in Buffalo.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and uh, and then we would just let it play on Spotify, and we'd hear kind of like these old Goo Goo Dolls, and I'm like... This is dope too. This is also really dope. Broadway is a great song. There is something very bizarre about that song. It goes into like a half measure retard like in the chorus. Every time like it's like see the old man sitting in the young man's bar waiting for his turn to die and it's like what what are you do- Now that I've said it to you You can go listen Uh to it And it will blow your mind It's like This is such a very specific Hard choice To pull off Yeah And it does not seem to In my opinion As a songwriter and song arranger Do anything Like It's just like it's in there And it's designed to not be noticed And it's like The fuck is this man <laughs> but, 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 you know, hey, maybe, you know, it's like stuff like that that if they have no reason for it and they're just like, no, we just thought it'd be fucking funny as hell to do that and freak out dorks like you. Mm-hmm. Pretty good reason.
0: Dizzy of the Girl, man, there's some uh, there's some good ass uh, songs on the second half of that that are just like.
1: It, yeah, they're a cool <sighs> band, man. I mean, they are a cool band. It's hard to say two people
0: but it's true so we're gonna put uh we're gonna put a plug on broken van for now we got we got lives to live we've got stuff to do we uh are gonna pick it back up in two weeks we'll finish out broken van by the broadways we are thankful for all you who joined us this week invite you to tell a friend Subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We'll be back in two weeks, if you're listening to this. On Friday, I will be on the Rat Boys Halloween Telethon. Rat Boys is one of my favorite bands in the city of Chicago. They're doing 25-hour telethon at WatchRatBoys.com. Lots of cool homies over on that. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Sandwich. You can listen to us talk the honor system. Also, we took a fun detour this week to talk about we're not telling you, but check it. Is it because you don't remember what it was? No, I do remember what it (laughs) was. I have so many more questions about it, too. But Yeah, yeah. so uh, check that out, patreon.com slash better sandwich. Good luck to all of you. Next week, we're, we're fucking hoping that some of the insanity ends. Goddamn but right.
1: Um, love you guys, Tim. Love you.
0: Love you too, Brandon. and right. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Bubba. Peace.